Oh, George and Steve, George and Steve, our little podcast is back today. It's nice to hear that jingle again. I mean, it cost me a lot, but I outsourced it. A lot of pride. We finally got one. Um, everyone knows a jingle makes a podcast legitimate. Yeah. We should, we should really get one at some point. We've got one. You just did it. Good point. It's going to change in the next one. Do it one. again. We have one. George and Steve. Oh, George and Steve. You are listening to a podcast with George and Steve. See, it's different now. No, it's um, not. It's exactly the same. <laughs> um, hi there, everyone. I'm Stephen Hussey. With me is the professional, the distinguished Mr. George Taylor. I'm not a professional. You're, you're a lovely man. I'm sort of, and, uh, I've never, never had a real job. Amateur podcast. <laughs> Just um, amateur, full stop. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm sorry? Chancer. Ch- Chancer Dabbler. Yeah. Um, and we're here today to return to a topic that we opened up a few episodes ago. We thought we'd done a couple of cultural ones. Um, we wanted to dive into something a bit more frog a bit more fun but it's probably going to end up getting serious quite quickly but we're going to talk we're going to talk again about dating and relationships no, our, as you know your audience isn't going to want to hear this no no one who follows me is <laughs> going to want to hear anything about dating um yes yeah, so we uh i thought i wrote an article that did very well on uh the website i work on with my brother how to get the guide.com slash blog um and this article i wrote was called don't get into a relationship before you read this brackets or how to be single um the title is actually lifted from anthony bourdain's original very very popular article that kind of kicked off his career that was called uh, don't eat before you read this. Oh, I was going to say it wasn't his dating, <laughs> his early dating work. Yeah, no, no, um, no. It was a, it was a kind of, I suppose, kind of smash hit on New York Times. But it was a, it was his, you know, dispatches from behind the kitchen counter and the things he was, you know, experiencing while setting up a restaurant. Very different to this article, but. Um, yeah, so I did this. It did really, really well on our website. It got over 15,000 shares. Um, and I just wanted to talk about the whole idea of being single today because I think there's this strange... The more and more I'm noticing, I think... I said to George, I want to do this podcast now because... A, because I wrote about it recently and B, because we're in an interesting dichotomy, George, where I am a single bachelor and you are a man who is engaged to be wed (laughs) yeah very Um, true and i'd say we're both pretty happy in those situations for now um we're both you know would you say you're a fairly contented man i'm full of beans yeah um so and, and i'm very happily enjoying being single and yet what i think is we're both at an age where we're past 30 now and there becomes this cult, there's this cultural story that no matter how far we think we've come as a society in terms of progressing kind of, you know, to a much more kind of libertarian idea where everyone can choose whatever kinds of relationships they do or don't want. And some people are in uh, polyamorous things, some people are in monogamous things. And, you know, maybe some people don't want to have relationships. I still feel there is a very, very strong cultural narrative. And that cultural narrative says that basically your life will finally make sense when you meet the right person. Sorry, Steve, when you say a cultural narrative, do you mean present in the, the sort of media culture we consume, like rom-coms, or do you mean Western culture or, you know, civilization culture? I think it's... Well, here's the thing. It's very natural. I mean, as human beings, I think in, in, in all cultures, there's an idea of meeting, you know, kind of meeting your other half, meeting your partner. Obviously, I'm going to speak specifically for the culture we're in, uh, kind of very Western modern culture, but there's still an idea, whether it's through things like television, movies, all that stuff, or books, 
but even from parents, from, you know, just people you meet day to day, um, I think there is this idea where it's like, oh, you're, you'll eventually meet this right person and your life's going to make sense. Or even worse, you need a relationship or else your life won't have meaning. And I'm not, I, I, you know, I don't think this podcast is going to be about whether your life ultimately is more enriched or not by having, you know, having a lifelong marriage or, you know, for kids, people could debate, well, is your life enriched and is there meaning? Yeah. Is there meaning when you have children? Like I'm sure a lot of people would argue, yes, there's some kind of dimension of meaning there, but I think it's the opposite thing that interests me where it's the idea that something is wrong if you are single and enjoy being single. And I think that narrative is still very, very strong. And the assumption almost is there's something unusual if you enjoy, if you're, if you're just happy being single right now, you're either complacent or perhaps there's some issue you're not addressing, either some insecurity or some behavior or there's some reason you're driving people away or some idea that you're living in arrested development or that there's just some essential stage of maturity that you still need to reach. And, you know, I'm sure women notice this massively as well. But even I, as a single male, uh, notice that people do sort of raise an eyebrow if you're if you say, well, I'm just happy being single right now. And they they, they think, yeah, but wouldn't you want someone though? Don't you get well, often you it get requires money? it requires a a kind of um, a justifier, right? Like you you'd have to say, "I'm happy being single now because I'm working on my startup," or you know, you almost need to quantify that choice or justify that choice. I've I've certainly noticed that as being a being something that occurs. Well, that's probably more true for guys. I think there's a different expectation of singledom on both. You know, both sexes um do you mean you feel like what's the the different expectation on guys to justify themselves yeah i think it's well i mean i guess the underlying current of this whole podcast is probably that the sort of the dating world is still sort of constricted by fairly sort of sexist tropes in many ways and yeah probably the expect the expectations on there's more there's probably more autonomy applied to a single man in sort of culture's broader look on the situation where you'd say oh yeah I, I made that choice whereas I guess there's a bit of an undercurrent of like pity maybe appended to older single single women single girls that that sort of pervades that makes it quite a difficult sort of world to navigate and that's that's the thing that sort of under bubbles under right about what yeah yeah i I, I, expectations that with guys you know it's like oh i'm single oh sorry to it's almost like sorry to hear that oh but don't worry it's because i've chosen to do it because i'm working on my business that's good good for you right whereas with a girl it's oh well you know you'll find someone soon and even if a girl's like well i've started my business and this is why i'm doing you know i'm doing it for my reasons too that it it doesn't quite come across the same way if we're talking about those like broader cultural expectations. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's right. And and I think for the men, what happens is maybe the um the judgment in you know, the judgment increases as you get older and then they start to think there's something either a bit sad about you or a bit wrong with you. Like they think, you know, they think what's wrong with that guy that he's fifty and has never been married or something like that and uh you know i don't i don't know what the answer to that is because i definitely do think that many of us have the intuition that if someone is at the age of 35 or 40 and they've never had a serious relationship you know i i do think like that's weird i think how have you not um ended up just you know with a girlfriend or a boyfriend by now it's just even having some kind of relationship i do I do tend to make assumptions about whether they have some kind of arrested development or, you know, some kind of behavior or avoidance that they're pushing people away. Um, but it's often, but I, it's true though, isn't it? That that's, well, that's quite like a, that's them being reacted to rather than it's their agency has got them in that situation. Lots of people, it might be there. They have very I don't know high or self-imposed specific standards and, 
no one's ever met those so they've just not allowed a relationship to happen rather than they've never been picked up from the pile kind of thing right so sometimes yeah so that so that's the thing right you can you that that's where this gets complicated is you could be single for a long time because perhaps there are things where you know you are extremely uncompromising in a way that is just just incredibly difficult for someone to fit into your life right mm-hmm. and then you have to decide are those values you hold really dear you know whether it's like having all your free time or just working like a dog on your own business or something you have to decide at some point is this really worth holding on to is this is this worthwhile and i guess a lot of people end up making that calculation when they they decide it's better to make room for some kind of a relationship um but what's interesting to me is is not whether people end up in a relationship you know in their whole life because people we're human beings we are connection craving creatures all to different extents and you know the vast majority of people end up in some kind of long-term relationship throughout their life what i think is interesting is the the presumption of it's like beyond a certain age singledom yeah it, it does have this weird status and i think it's it's very unfair it's uh and i'm not just saying this because i'm single right now george i mean that <laughs> sounds like i'm on the defensive mm-hmm. but i think there's a you know it's like if someone if you know divorce rates are supposedly i don't know if it's one in three or one in two i, I don't know it's it's gotten higher and obviously it's because relationships are easier to exit now. I think, uh, as we've made clear a few times, I'm living in Copenhagen at the moment, and I think the divorce rate here is like one in two, and they, they just changed the law here um, about six months ago. Up until then, you could, you could just get divorced by like clicking a box. Like Everyone in Denmark has all their like national identity card and stuff. They have a kind of a website profile with the government and you could just go on there and like deselect the marriage box essentially and you'd be divorced. And they've had to like add in this whole extra buffer of legislation where it's like you go to some sort of like state-induced like relationship counselling or something like that just to make sure it's it's not as easy as ticking or deselecting a box. But um, yeah, the, the divorce rate here is sky high. Wow. Um, yeah, and that's an interesting question, right? It's, um, you know, not to open too many threads here, but it is, it's an interesting question as to whether it's a good or bad thing that people, you know, people can just opt out of a, a, a supposed lifelong commitment really, really easily because part of that lifelong commitment is going to mean it gets very hard sometimes and you might have to do a lot of work to keep the relationship going and things like that. But But my point is, given that we're in that state where people just because someone's in a long-term relationship, they've been in for 10 years, 20 years. And then society almost looks at them and says, well, they like thumbs up to them. They're doing, they're doing the right thing. You know, they're, they're in that, they've been in married. That's tick, tick on that box of life. If you have like career sorted, you have, um, you know, whatever you've got your own home or whatever and marriage, they've got that sorted, like, great, good. And, and yeah, I always think, well, you know, there's lots of people you look at who are in long-term relationships and you might secretly think, well, maybe those two would be happier if they weren't together because maybe they've got a whole load of issues and being single might actually be a valuable thing for them. And and then you also look at the fact that if, if so many... Percentage- when you say being single, that do you actually mean being single or do you just mean not being in that relationship? Well, I, I guess, I guess not being in a, that relationship for now. Yeah. But, but society will look at that or, or say, you know, if so many people are going to get divorced, well, is it then... It's like in society's narrative, they've gone backwards. And I, I think that's the mistake, is this, is this idea that somehow, oh, you've gone back to square one because you're single now and you're 50 and divorced and that you know that's a big big problem and something messed up but it's like well i think that person's further ahead than someone who is staying and they're now 60 and they're 30 years into a relationship's re- say really toxic or become really toxic and is unpleasant for both parties maybe unpleasant for the children it's got all kinds of you know it's just it's just making everyone unhappy and yet there's still something in society's narrative that's like, 
I've been with my wife for 30 years and everyone on the talk show claps and is like, yeah, that's great. And it's just like, that's, that's I mean, talk, the- talk show audiences are not qualified to make any sort of judgment about anything, are they? That's probably the worst, the worst barometer of how something should be is a talk show audience's response. <laughs> yeah, it's, but it, it's a good barometer of what people are thinking, though, unfortunately. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it is? I, I don't want to go on a digression about talk show audiences, but it's like sheep. Those people are sheep. Do not. You know, there's a big yeah. light that says applause. So let's not, <laughs> let's not get too carried away with what they think. That's true. Um, yeah. I mean, a sitcom audience laughing doesn't mean that every single joke in Big Bang Theory is a knee slapper. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's... Uh, I, I just... Yeah, I think... Well, there's a big thing there, right, about just the value of accumulating experiences regardless of where they take you. I mean within reason but all experiences can be used positively right you know the 15 year marriage that sort of ends i'm sure even if it ends incredibly acrimoniously people would have gone into that relationship with certain intentions or hope for things and i'm sure there were often great experiences that developed right and if you can then build on those then or just to have you know you everyone's like a constant work of progress or it's like a it's like an oil painting that's having layers and layers added to it. So yeah, it's not like, Oh, you got divorced. You're back to being a completely blank canvas. Again, you've still accumulated those layers of experience, right? That in an ideal world going forward, you can then put, put to better use. Yeah, for sure. And it, and it doesn't mean that you think, Oh, if I had my time again, I would never have chose this person. Cause you may have had, I don't know, like three quarters of that relationship may have been very happy years and very, you know, meaningful or something. But, um, yeah. So, so I think it's that sense where, you know, I've, I look back at my dating life now that I'm 30, I've, you know, very much been taking stock of a lot of things, George, and probably this podcast has, there's been lots of theme around that us looking (laughs) back. Um, even though I said, I'm not the kind of person who looks back a lot, but, um, yeah, just, looking back and taking stock of being like, okay, what were my, what were the last 10 years about? And I, you know, I was a late bloomer in getting into dating and things in terms of just in terms of, uh, having any sort of, I don't know, success understanding. And there was a lot, not for the one to trying. Yeah. And there was a lot of sort of haphazard choices at various points and just, just me learning a lot and stumbling around. And, and it was, a but I don't, I don't look back at the, you know, there, there's, there's, I have no feeling at this point where I think, oh, I had, you know, I've had four or five girlfriends or whatever. And yeah, you know, it, they've all, all those relationships have failed. So what does that mean about me? Mm. And I'm single right now. And, you know, maybe I'm in the luxurious position where I don't feel that, I, I feel that, it's a choice to be single and I don't feel that I'm, you know, desperately out there just trying to find someone. But yeah, uh, like I look back at those relationships and I just think I was a different person at those points. I learned a lot of things. They were all very valuable in teaching me what I want and didn't want, but I don't, and here's my point. I think the most dangerous thing is then to just be single and think that, you now need to, you, you've got to find that scout badge and prove yourself either to the world or to yourself or something like, I've got to prove I can make a relationship work. And I think women do definitely feel this um, really strongly where they are almost, almost blamed a bit and told that like there's some, there must be something wrong with the fact that you haven't found a man yet you know, and, and it's like, you know, life's long and you're only 30 or something, uh, you know, whatever age you are, it's, I think there's something very, uh, judgmental about it and very dangerous. Cause I, I, I've seen too many people over what I do with my brother. Uh, if you have just joined this podcast and have no idea who I am, who my brother is. My brother is Matthew Hussey. He's a dating coach. Uh, he has a big YouTube channel. And so I've done for 10 years, I've worked with him now and met thousands of women in different situations. And I've seen so many people who have 
gotten into marriages really early or relationships and just kind of dived in because it's just been it's been some kind of expectation from their family and they've been encouraged and they've been like um or they just have real problems they cannot handle their own company for too long and they they they're single for a month they break up their guy and i've already got the next one ready because they're like i can't crab i can't be single for like you know it gives them some kind of anxiety or some kind of existential loneliness and you know to feel that within say a month of being single i feel like that's that's a real problem um, yeah the, the existential loneliness thing is certainly a big um a big issue that i i would say i've noted existential issues at around the age of 30 is definitely something that i've noticed with certain people i know you know coming to that oh am i doing the right career am i with the right person you know it's it's quite an interesting age for processing that issue and often yeah you know partnering up with essentially a stranger again you know is not always the best way to deal with what is really quite you know an in-depth like sort of heavy heavy topic to wrestle with it's it's quite a like a a bit of a frothy band-aid to a, a really like serious problem that we all sort of wrestle with unless you have yeah kind of I guess like a sort of stable religious upbringing or something like that if you if you don't really have that as a sort of tether for your life then that thing we were talking about a little bit earlier about just you know what is the meaning of your life and what provides purpose it, it can be a real um a real brutal thing for people to face up with so I, I can certainly understand where that mentality comes from but it's yeah, maybe it's it's always a good idea to maybe take a step back and sort of get your get your values in line before you you know just latch latch onto a, a person or an undertaking and hope that 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 will like fill that void. I suppose. Yeah, and I I I, I heard I've heard from people I know who I consider kind of like men I know who can I consider serial relationship hoppers mm. and they've sometimes said things that are quite revealing where they've been like, but don't you, you know, if you say, Oh, I've been single for the last six months and just kind of don't really, you know, I, I have done the least dating this year than I've done probably since all my twenties. Like I really, really have stepped back and kind of taken a foot out of that world entirely. And it's, you know, I, I did hear someone say, Oh, don't, don't you get lonely? Don't you get like, you know, you feel that pang of like you want someone, you know, next to you when you go to bed. And I do. And, you know, I think I've always, I mean, as a child, I enjoyed, I, I spent a lot of time alone as a kid, despite having two brothers. And I was very sort of someone, you know, as a kid, I could occupy myself a lot on my own. Um, but I do, I find that very strange when someone says that. And I, I have definitely. You're gotten, an introvert as well, right? I'm an introvert, yeah. But uh, I have definitely gotten into things before. Like, I've definitely gotten into situations or even relationships before out of that feeling of being just like, oh, I feel really adrift right now. And having this person here will make me feel a bit more stable and anchored and it'll make me feel good and, and give me some companionship. I've had that before. The idea of like living that way and having that constantly where you, I saw an interview of Elon Musk where he talked about this of all people, despite him seeming to be one of the most busy men in the world. He talked about how he had been through a breakup recently and he just couldn't like just, he, he was just saying to the interviewer, like, how do you stand being alone in your own house? Like, I, I don't know how people do it. Um, and not not because he like sleeps with a different woman every night, but he was sort of saying that like being out of a relationship is just deeply, deeply uncomfortable for him. And uh, I just think that's a really tough place to, you know, you you can end up just choosing things. I think just choosing something out of some desperation for companionship, it, it just seems like you're throwing darts at a board and hoping to hit a bullseye then blindfolded because you're just going to latch on to the nearest person who just seems vaguely into you and be like, okay, great. Cause they, it takes a long time to meet someone who is like you and who seems to get you and matches you in that way. So I always think, well, how do these people meet someone so quickly? And I realize they don't, they just meet someone who sort of vaguely, you know, 
is into them and they hit it off and they're like, okay, you're going to be my next girlfriend. Do you know? Yeah, uh, that happens. Well, that happens all the time. I think I, I would definitely fall much more in the sort of define your, I don't know, your values or your standards and um, sort of hold off is the wrong word, but like, you know, stay true to those values and don't, um, yeah, I guess if those are the things that are important to you, you're not going to find a meaningful relationship long-term with someone who doesn't share those values. So there, it's almost like don't waste your time, really. It's like it, like as a fun distraction or something, there's, there's, there's no like judgment with it, but it's like if you're in the market for a, a long-term sort of life partner or relationship that is sort of a, a permanent feature in your life then yeah just going oh this person's kind of friendly and you know fills the silence when I'm at home well it's not it's not probably not going to fill that that greater need that you have so it's all about a what your intentions are and b what your or what your ambitions are for the relationship and then what you see the values are that reciprocate your personal values um long, long term right that that's that's kind of my outlook for it um if it's about building a like a permanent relationship that's that's probably where where i come down so yeah that that constant like hopping from one to the other is is never going to answer that big existential question i think like you say is that is a bit of a dark dartboard way to approach it it might fill fill the interim but it's not a, it's not probably not a long-term outlook i would say yeah and it's kind of it's not it's not nourishing it's like you're kind of you know, it's like, I know if I've dived into things before and sort of had doubts, it's like, you're kind of enjoying it. And at the same time, you're in fear because you're, you're sort of feeling like, uh, you know, when you're truly in something, you just, everything sort of aligns and it feels right in your gut. You know, you have those, but then other times, yeah, it's like, it's like half of you is in and half of you is out. And it's actually more, it's like, it's more anxiety producing and unnourishing because you're kind of, yeah, it's like you're, you're dating, but without the perspective of this is going to be the, you're not building anything, Mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're kind of, um, you know, you're kind of in a transient situation where you're like, this is fun to spend time with this person, go on holiday, do this. But you know, ultimately it, it might just sort of be going nowhere. So I think taking the approach of, I'm going to go on loads of dates and I'm going to find my husband or find my wife by just going on loads of dates is, is kind of crazy. I think, I think it's yeah. Setting values and knowing what you want and defining those things. And then having that as part of your sort of outward, I don't know how the world perceives you and how you reciprocate people is, is probably good. If that's your goal, that's a better way of doing it. I would say, but yeah, otherwise you might you might luck out that way, but if if your goal is to find something really permanent, but you have that kind of short term, just oh yeah, I'll just roll the dice again and again. I mean, there's a lot of dice rolls needed there for that to come out. If you have a specific set of expectations as well, yeah, and I I think people have trouble letting things go early on when it's like, well, this sort of works, but it's like those are the dangerous situations because those are the ones that will take up a bunch of your time. But I mean, you've talked about it a lot of it. Like the sunk cost fallacy is is a massive factor in this, right? You need to be aware of. Don't I guess don't like dig, dig a big hole for yourself if if you have a long term goal and you're you're in a situation that doesn't really fit that bill. You're sort of doing both both people damage. You are better off out of that situation. I would say. Yeah, yeah. It's like when someone meets someone and they think, oh, he was great, and now he's moving to India for <laughs> blah 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 x amount of time and. I, I don't know. He's, you know, it doesn't seem like he's in the place right now. It's like, you know, you can't, it, that guy might, you might've known him for a month. You can't like stake a lot on that. You know, it's like mm. you say, it might've been a fun month, but and unless you've been given a real like plan here and a real, um, sh- he's shown some real intention that this is a temporary situation. You're going to make it work. It's like, why would you stake? something on that it's it is a kind of sunk cost thing um but just to go back to another point yeah the that's interesting what you're saying about uh just going on tons of dates because i have this idea we've talked about before where i think you should be kind of open-minded about who you meet but very selective about who you invest 
emotion and time in. Mm-hmm. And more and more, I, I, I think dating, I've become more and more like that as well, even just with the initial meetups. I think there was a time where I just used to go on dates you know, with just people I had barely met on Tinder very easily. And maybe we lived in London and we had a different thing there where it was very easy just to do that one evening. But I did get to a point where I just, I realized if I did more, more filtering here, I would not be wasting mine and other people's time. If I, if I just kind of, you know, there was this sense I had where it's like, I'm single, so I should be out there dating. And I think that's where, I feel like I wasted time where what I've done over the last six months is sometimes I felt that, that pang of like, Oh, I I feel like I, something feels wrong. I feel like I should be out there. I'm young. I'm a, you know, I'm a single guy or whatever. But then I've sort of interrogated that more and realized that that isn't coming from a place of me actually wanting. It's not me wanting a relationship because I don't at the moment. It's, it's just some other some other kind of junk food type twinge where it's like, um, I don't know what, what would you get attention and validation and maybe just being out there going to a bar with someone attractive will make you kind of give you a buzz of something. But, and that's fine. If like, if you, if you want to enjoy that single life and that's, that's how you want to do it, that's great. But I do think you should, you know, even if you're looking for a relationship right now, I think there's something to knowing your reasons, like knowing your reasons if you're dating loads. Are you dating loads because you're actually really properly seeking out someone or are you just doing it because you're on this like treadmill of this is something I'm supposed to do and I'm just going to keep randomly going and meeting people? Um yeah, I just I think if you're in that in that latter, I think it's it's definitely it's worth maybe hitting the reset button and taking a step back, I would say. Um Yeah. I feel like now I'm in the in a position where I feel the healthiest in terms of I could I feel extremely self-fulfilled in a way that I enjoy all my free time. I feel like I have all these things that give me meaning. I have friends you know the importance of like actually having other connections that give you meaning in your life so you don't run to a relationship to get all your connection i think i think that's a big thing nowadays where people maybe because we're a bit more disconnected and and atomized than ever that people do look to a relationship to be their entire social world and and i think you know you're like you're someone who does that really well where you actually have a you have a really rich social life that gives you a lot of, you have a lot of other constants in your life that give you meaning. And, you know, you don't live in kind of an insulated bubble with your partner. And I think that's really healthy. But I no, think- I, I, I'm not one to talk at great length about my personal relationship on here, but it's, it's certainly something that Elizabeth and I have in common is that she also has that kind of quite a strong, sort of strong social streak and sort of a network of people that, yeah, we. That's clearly a value that we both have, and that has met up, and that we've both kind of gained from. We, you know, it's something that it's not. She begrudges me for seeing my friends, or I begrudge her for going out. You know, it's like we both enjoy the fact that I suppose we ha- we have independent social lives that that we both find fulfilling, and um, yeah, that's that's been something that I think just reflects the fact that there is a sort of a shared value at the basis of why we've connected i suppose yeah and almost in some ways the without being too judgmental here but the more sometimes the more dysfunctional couples i've seen are the ones who are unable to keep those those other parts those independent parts of their world like they collapse as soon as they get into a relationship Mm. and they start becoming almost obsessive in a kind of drug-like addiction with their relationship and i uh maybe that bespeaks some kind of like existential <laughs> dread, if you like, where yeah. they just suddenly they feel their life means something because they're with someone or it, like something I, I'm not um, super okay with like all the content your brother puts out or that you've put out, but something that I've noticed. Oh, here we go. Yeah. That's something that I've noticed that you do talk about that, that is really pertinent to this, right. It's like if you're single and you're kind of trying to, you know, like get yourself out there, it's, it's about having lots of interest and just being like a sort of, kind of yeah a person with a lot of 
a lot of stuff going on. And if you're then in a relationship and that all then drops away, it's like, you're not the person that your partner was attracted to anymore, you know? So like having those things and then getting in a relationship and then that, that all falling away at, for the benefit of the relationship maybe is, is not a great way to go because if, if you've coupled up because of liking the independent lives that you each have, it's kind of important to keep those independent characteristics present, right? Yeah. And I, I think they're what, they're what keep you interesting to anyone. It's like, that's, that's keeps you interesting when someone comes and brings other things home to talk about, right. Then your own relationship. It's like they're, they're off learning and doing all these interesting things and you bring that back to each other. Um, yeah, that to me is interesting. But um, yeah, so I, I, I think the the better you can do, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're single and the type to be hopping into things, I think taking a break is like, that's going to benefit you disproportionately. If you're not used to doing it, like some people are total massive introverts and they're so in their own world, they're actually going to benefit from getting out there more. Um, but the opposite type, is going to benefit from even just taking a few months and actually being able to go through their initial withdrawal of like that drug of being with someone. Cause that person's going to have spent, not spent much time building the skill of being alone. And I think there is a skill to being alone and, and, and it's actually very, it's actually very rare and a lot of people are bad at it. And it, it's kind of like we talk about, reading and concentration it's almost become more of a superpower um and i think there's something as well with people's ability to just kind of be on their own and it's just i think also i mean even when you're in a relationship you're not always together every sort of waking second right so being being able to just be okay in your own company is yeah is is relevant and um a useful thing to have whether you're married or or single right there's always there's always times when you're not um not in your partner's lap kind of thing so um yeah just being comfortable in your own company is is a very yeah a very sort of important aspect of fulfillment yeah yeah exactly and um you know it's a good time being uh if you if you you know i think people despair when they just come out of a relationship into a single world again but netflix now right we've got amazon prime netflix perfect there is so much content. There's basically, <laughs> basically no point getting in a relationship. Now. Forget it. Stop wasting yeah. your time. If you're single, just don't bother now. If you're already in one, fine. You're in for a penny, in for a pound. It's the gold, golden generation of streaming. I mean. Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing, right, is if we are in, because we're in an age where we've got more choice than ever and less, in at least in maybe the religious aspects, certain ways, there's less uh, pressure to do it quickly i wonder if we'll have more situations where just there are just different strokes for different folks like some people are more you know some people are just going to be eternal bachelors and that's just how it's going to be and there's you know will, will we just have different yeah just different things fit different people i mean i don't know some psychologists say that there is some essential aspect to human development and growth that can only be done when you actually have um, you know, I think Jordan Peterson talks about a relationship you need, you know, having someone to wrestle with. And he talks about the idea where if you're alone too long, you can kind of defer to your greatest weakness where it's sort of almost never challenged and you can kind of atrophy in a certain way, um, which is interesting as mm. an interesting thing about that. But I also think relationships can be a, some sometimes can be a distraction activity as well from you doing work on yourself. So I think it it can be its own form of distraction if you use it as a way of never working on, you know, it's like if you've got anxiety about your career and other things, maybe you get a relationship and you're like, well, that relationship though means I'm worth something. So I'll just pour everything into that. And I think, well, that's, yeah. that's not healthy. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I do wonder where the future will be in that in that respect. Well, that thing you said about us being there was like a couple of things you've said that have kind of merged together for me about us being like a more atomized kind of slightly more disparate society. And then a bit earlier when you said, I don't know if you just pulled the number out of the air or whatever. When you said like, oh yeah, I've had four or five girlfriends, da 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 da. But like 
about the age of 30, you've gone through so many different sort of developmental stages, right? Like if, if that sort of roster of serious relationships covers different universities, different times in your life, different ambitions that you would have had that have changed, you're, you know, you, you go through different experiences and yeah, different, like you're not the same person in those instances. And you, you go through these sort of yeah developmental processes where you then grow and change. So to not carry that through line with the same person all the way through that is like completely to be expected and understood, right? Because you're still in the generation that we are, or maybe the sort of like societal milieu or whatever of, you know, probably gone to university, done, done those experiences. You're going through so many developmental changes that, wouldn't have happened maybe 60 or 100 years well definitely not 100 years ago 50 60 years ago even our parents generation right like they meet people from the town they grew up in they probably have often would have a job in that town and in that area there's a lot more consistency lots of our peers and we're very fortunate for that but I, I get go to different countries, travel all, all around the country that they're in and meet people from all these different places that you are going to go through these quite disparate formative experiences. So to have the same like societal expectation of, oh yeah, you'll probably be coupled up by the time you're 26 and that's that. The world we live in is very different from the world that set those expectations. But I think we're we're kind of on the cusp of those of those changes, or not on the cusp, maybe on the receiving end of those changes, and then have bid on the cusp of the technological changes that come with dating as well. So yeah, people of of our generations have had like multiple different relationship experiences is like surely like completely to be expected, right? The the through line of one partner that you meet where you grow up is not super true of that demographic anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. And um, yeah, I, I think it's that this, you know, there's, there's many options. You kind of spend a lot longer now, like, it's like you spend a lot longer figuring out your career. You maybe used to know it when you're about 20 and you kind of mm. got something. Now we kind of spend longer in a way. The world's more complex in certain ways. So it's kind of like, there's not a choice of eight jobs you're going to do. Mm. Um, and it's a kind of the same with relationships where you could have very different kinds of relationships with different kinds of people all over the world. And, you know, I look at me at 20 and like, I had just, didn't know what I wanted from like, I had no idea how to do a relationship at all. I did not, I was completely clueless. And, you know, when I look, I just wouldn't have been even ready to meet the person, the right person. I, I don't think I would have been the right kind of person for them even at that point. Do you know? Do you know? Mm, yeah, def- definitely. So I had so much development to do and so much maturing to do and, and certain relationships helped me figure out like, oh, wow, I completely thought I'd like that kind of person and then found that really overbearing and needy or I found that, you know, really... I I was terrible at communicating my needs when I was younger and I was very, like, had problems being assertive and stuff like that. So I just had a hell of a lot to figure out. So it kind of a... Yeah, I I think you have to um, go through that. But, yeah. And and, uh, being single, though... It's like, what's my point here? <laughs> my point is, <laughs> big single's great. Um, no, yeah, yeah. My point is, you just you just can have a lot to learn, and so it's no shame to have gone through uh, some ups and downs and relationships to figure it out. And if you're single now, then go and have some damn adventures because uh, it's a good time to do it. And I think people, I think people underappreciate. That's my point, George. I think people underappreciate this window where they are single. Maybe it won't last forever. Maybe it'll last for the next five years, but people spend a lot of time thinking, when am I going to meet that person or who's it going to be in it? I, I just kind of think like, just yeah, enjoy it's, the it's window now. State, right. I guess that's what we opened with. It's not, um, it's not like a lesser state to be in. It might be a formative or like a fluctuating period of your life, but it's, you're no less, you're not worth less for being single by any stretch of imagination. Um, Thank you for saying that. That's you specifically. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like people think, oh, I'm waiting on the train platform until I'm allowed to get on. And I, I think that's just such a shame that people would see it like that. when they- some, some people do perceive themselves that way, right? Or, or do feel that way. And yeah, if you can kind of own the experience and maybe like look on prior experiences as a kind of formative process and look to future experiences with a kind of optimistic outlook, then it's, yeah, A, no rush and B, yeah, it's kind of a great opportunity to have yeah, flexibility and freedom to make decisions that people in relationships often don't have that flexibility and freedom to make. So there's, there's plenty of advantages to it as well. Yeah, and you can enjoy it for like right now. I'm obviously, I'm obviously all about that single life, George. Um, some kind of single monk-like life that I live at the moment, but uh, <laughs> it's not. It's not the kind of glamorous bachelor one. It's uh, uh, involves a lot of lot more books and a lot of uh, Amazon Prime. But I. Uh, but it's great. I'm loving it. But yeah, it's. Um, I think that. Um, again, what was my point? Um, yeah, I, so I think that that's my point. Um, you can change your mind later. Like you can have your story now about why you don't want to be in a relationship and you can, you know, once you start loving being single, you can be like, Hey, I want to focus on my career. I want to do this, want to have adventures. Uh, but it's like life goes in many chapters and that story can completely change. And it may be that, you, you know, next year you may be in your phase of being like, um, I actually want to be out there dating and meet someone and that's great. But I, I don't think we have to have this fixed mindset and it's, it's kind of like careers is an interesting parallel where, you know, even if you're in a transitional stage there, that, that doesn't have to be this sort of um, grueling, horrible phase where you go, oh, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I want to be. It's like, that could be a fun period of sampling, dabbling, trying, and, and investing in different things and seeing which pays off it that does that could be actually a very exciting interesting time if you're changing making a change in your career and I, I think it's a similar thing where you don't have to see yourself in stasis it's just like it's a it's a chance to sort of have a bit of a bit of an adventure I think definitely agreed completely I suppose there are a, a couple of caveats there are a people need to pay the bills right with the, the career side of things and I suppose there is that the sort of unfortunately gendered like the biological imperative if you want to have children that there is a certain time constraint that affects women much more much yes. more so than it and does for men so that is a factor but that is where that thing we were talking about earlier about having your values lined up, I suppose, and knowing what, you know, seeking a partner with a purpose rather than just, Oh, I'll just throw loads of darts at the wall and I'll find someone that meets my requirements that if, if you are kind of goal driven like that, then I don't think that's the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's obviously the, the unspoken thing is the, the clock issue here that we're talking about. But um, yeah. Yeah. Like you're saying again, I don't, I don't think, there's a dangerous payoff in thinking there's a dangerous um, prospect in just thinking, yeah, I now need to run into something without thinking just to mm. kind of reach some arbitrary goal, but, uh, or yeah, yeah. Or like a societal expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can, you can date intentionally if you, if you're like, I want a serious relationship, you can be out there a lot more looking for that. Um, yeah, I just think being there's a million guys in exactly the same position, right? It's not like it's. Um, I don't think there's a split necessarily that there's a lot more women looking for fewer men with that outlook. I'm I'm confident there's plenty of men out there looking for those sort of purposeful relationships as well. So there's no um, yeah, a, yeah, for sure, a drought of of applicable partners. No, there's plenty of eligible men out there looking. So don't worry about that. Um, I'll be back in the game at some point. <laughs> One of them's right here. That's the thing. I always know not to believe myself with any, I, I you know, I, I go through phases. And so I know that if I say like, oh, I'm really loving being single right now, I go like, that might be different in six months. So like, mm. I, I never treat that as some kind of fixed thing. Like sometimes I think I never want kids. And then I think, yeah, I'll probably come around to wanting kids. Um, so, you know, you can allow for flexibility in your mindset. Your mind can change. 
that's an episode I want to do at some point, George, actually. The pleasures and importance of changing your mind about things. Um, You've got yeah. to that one now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think, George? You think we said it all here? I think so. That's probably the most sort of convoluted, long-winded like online dating profile anyone's ever put together. <laughs> so that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> um, Form an orderly queue. He's, he's absolutely desperate. You want a date? I've got no idea what I want. <laughs> um, I'll read a lot of books and yeah. I'm not sure I want a relationship. Um, all right. Uh, if you want to read the full article. Um, Here we go. Um, this is, uh, I get it now. I get it. <laughs> yeah we just want to get those shares um you can read that at howtogettheguy.com slash blog um just look for the article titled don't get into a relationship before you read this um and um you know if you're it's single a shame, it's a shame we've not piggybacked on all those shares you've already got isn't it could have done with um, those Oh, I think I think we had a little plug for the podcast in one of the, in one of the, it may be in that one. I'm not sure. Did we? This oh, maybe not that obviously maybe not, not that yet. So no, uh, um, prematurely shot shot our wad. Don't worry, mate. I'm promoting us all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Got some big collabs coming. Big collabs. Set up. You should set up a um, Tinder profile. That's the podcast. <laughs> See how many, what if I just, how many swipes we get. That'd be funny. What if I just reached out and got like, we don't have guests on this clearly, but what if I just got like a massive guest just for one episode? How are you going to do that? Who? I was just like, welcome Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> and he just tweets about it. And we, um, and it's one of the ones where we just talk about our like six books you have to read. Nothing about his. Yeah. Advice. Yeah. No, no, he's just talking with us about an unrelated cultural topic. Well, give him, uh, I mean, if you've, if you've got and you can give him Robert Downey Jr. and you've not given him a call yet, then you're not doing a great job of the promotion. But And George can tell him how many superhero films he refuses to watch, which isn't going to go down well. Mm. Um, all right, let's wrap up there for today. Um, thanks for joining for, uh, for another for us chewing on the meaty gristle of love, as it were. Um, God willing. We'll see you next week for another episode. I'm going to get back to turning my fan on because England is very hot and sweaty. It's warm, isn't it? Um, George, I love you and I'll see you soon. Cheers, Steve. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, guys.